I am excited to close this series that we have called The Doubters Club. The Doubters Club has been a series where we've been answering some of the biggest questions that we have in our lives. So these questions like, is God real? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Come on, can we be honest in the room this morning? Like we've all asked that question, is God real? Well, week two, if you wanna go back and watch that, Pastor Dan preached an incredible message on that uh, question, is God real? Week three, we answered the question, is Jesus really the only way? Life is telling you there's a hundred ways to get to heaven. There's a hundred ways to experience real life. Well, we answered the question, why does Jesus say that he is the only way? And today I am so excited because we are talking about the Holy Spirit. Now I wanna preface something because for a lot of us, I don't know how you grew up in church, but for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit is a hot topic. And we're gonna answer this question. What can the Holy Spirit actually do like when you really like narrow it all down what can the holy spirit actually do in church in our lives in an environment like this what can the holy spirit do in our everyday lives now i don't know how you grew up i consider myself a baptocostal okay anybody anybody else get that right like i got some baptists in me but i got some pentecostal in me as well so i consider myself a baptocostal it doesn't really matter how you grew up but the holy spirit has been this thing that you know has kind of been treated like this casper the friendly ghost you know, meets force with Star Wars slash paranormal activity type thing, right? Like, like when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like all of these things combined. It's this weird thing that we don't really talk about or we don't really communicate about. And can I just preface this entire talk with this statement? The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. Like for real, like the Holy Spirit isn't weird. People have made it weird. I, I, I just need you to understand something. For so long, the church has turned the Holy Spirit into this thing that it's not. So the first time I ever walked into a church service, so like I said, I grew up very traditional Baptist. So I grew up in an environment where the Holy Spirit was not even talked about. It was, we're going to avoid this topic because the Holy Spirit makes people do some weird stuff. Amen, <laughs> right? Like, like, we're just not going to talk about it. And I grew up in a church like that. But then my brother, my older brother, became a worship pastor at a Pentecostal church. Very different than the way we grew up. And I'll never forget, the first time I ever walked into the church that he was the worship pastor at. And I'm walking in the back of the room, very kind of very similar room to this, walking in and I hear this guy on stage screaming, talking about the Holy Spirit and I can't make this up. There was a bunch of bodies on the floor in front of the stage covered by blankets and I thought they were dead. <laughs> like I'm not making that up. Like I straight up thought this dude is preaching in the room and there is a bunch of dead bodies because none of these bodies were moving. I mean, they were just laying on the ground covered by these blankets. And then all of a sudden, I can't make this up. One of those mugs popped up <laughs> and I was shook. I was like, what is happening? And it was a small enough church that you kind of could tell everything that was happening in the church. And it was so small that you could hear the toilet flush in the back in the sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? I cannot make this up. This guy pops up goes to the back of the room, you hear the toilet flush, he comes back down, lays down, covers himself back up. 
And I was like, what kind of voodoo is happening in this church? I had never experienced it. I was blown away. I remember I went to this worship night one time and I, I knew that it was gonna be something, right? Like I knew that something was gonna happen and this guy was standing in the front and he was calling on people down in the front, but every person he was calling on would come to the front and he would touch them on the head and they would fall on the floor like a fish out of water. And I was so confused. I mean, just convulsing, just all this crazy stuff happening. And my friend that I went with looked at me and he said, Ryan, if he calls on you, go up there and fall. <laughs> right? I was like, nah, fam. <laughs> Ain't happening. Guess what? He calls on me. And I'm sitting like second, third row. He calls on me. He goes, son, you come up here right now. Receive the Holy Spirit. I can't make this up. It's a room bigger than this. And I said, no. <laughs> right? No, I'm good. If it's going to make me do that, no, I'm good. And he was like, son, come to the front. Come receive the Holy Spirit. And I act like I didn't hear him, huh? Right? Like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. And he just kept asking me. And he told me to quit being rebellious. Like, told me to quit being rebellious and ask me again, son, come to the front. And I said, I'm good right here. You want to know the reason for that? It's because all of that just felt so fake to me. Just felt like a show. It felt like this weird thing that I was just like, what in the world is happening? Now, I will tell you, I was very young in those stages. And I understand now that the Holy Spirit can do some wild stuff. Can I just be honest with you? Like, I've been in rooms where I knew it was real. And we'll get there. But for so many of us, the Holy Spirit has become this weird, creepy ghost thing. And I need you to hear me. That's not what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God. It's God. The same way that God the Father and Jesus the Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God in spirit form working for your good. He's an advocate for you. This is what the Bible says in John 14, 26. It says that, but when the, Holy, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. And notice what it says he's gonna do. It says he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit is our helper through this life. Can I be a Bible nerd for a second? Can I do that for you? The, the word advocate here, if you take it all the way back to the Greek word, it's this word parakletos, which means one who goes to the judge before you. I don't know about you, but man, I am so grateful for a God that goes to the judge before me, that walks out and is my helper in this life. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think we've downplayed the Holy Spirit and what it can do in our lives for too long. And you have to know about the Holy Spirit that it's something that you need, but it is just God. It's not this thing that's always going to be this mind-blowing, miraculous thing. And yes, I believe he can do that. But you want to know what I believe the primary goal of the Holy Spirit is in your life? The primary goal of the Holy Spirit is just to make you more like Jesus. Like if you really narrow down everything that the Holy Spirit is capable of, I truly believe deeper than anything else, the Holy Spirit wants to make you more like Jesus. 
And this is what the Holy Spirit can actually do in your life. He can produce godly fruit that looks like Jesus. We see this in the book of Galatians. It says that when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, this is our human nature. This is kind of our automatic response because we are broken human beings. I want you to notice the list. It says the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. I like to say Harry Potter. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that kind of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Think about that list. That's all us. None of that looks like Jesus. Like that's a tough list, right? But I want you to notice what it says. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Some of y'all singing that song you learned back in the day, right? And self-control. There is no law against these things. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I decided to start in verse 19 and read this to you because I need you to see the contrast between our nature and what God getting involved can do. I want you to think about the list that we read when it says our nature, our natural tick, all of this that we can provide is sexual immorality. It's all of these broken things, right? It's jealousy, it's outbursts of anger, it's selfish ambition, it's division, it's envy, it's drunkenness, it's all these things. But when the Holy Spirit gets involved in your life, it can produce these fruits of the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit always shows proof of its presence by producing fruit in your life. So this is how you know that you have experienced the Holy Spirit. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, this is what happens is you are deciding, I'm gonna give my past, my present, my future to God. And simultaneously, as you do that, as you say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When you make that decision to say, I need a new life, simultaneously what's happening in your life is the Holy Spirit is coming into your life, providing this process called sanctification, which is simply the process of you becoming more like Jesus. And all of this is working at the same time. And it says that we are going to experience in our lives this fruit that looks like Jesus. But I think if we're not careful, we will take these words, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all these things, we will take them at our 2023 broken and busted down definitions. So what I wanna do for you this morning, if you'll allow me to, is I wanna give you the actual definitions, the actual meanings of these words as he's saying them. The first thing it says is that he's gonna give you love. This is affection, this is goodwill, this is caring, this is brotherly. This is a kind of love that you can't produce on your own. Because this kind of love is another type of affection where you actually care about people and their soul, where you actually are willing to go out of your way to love people the way God loved you. How many of you know that's not a love you can produce on your own? That is not like our broken love. 
that we have here on earth, that is a godly love. Where you love people that the world says are unlovable, that you will have affection for the things of God, that you will be caring towards people, that you will treat others like family. You'll have that kind of love. How many of you know you can't produce that love on your own? It says that not only will you have love, that you'll experience joy, which is gladness no matter the circumstance. Don't get it twisted, friends. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. On this earth, you can have a bunch of happiness that you create, but I'm telling you, when crap hits the fan, can I say that in church? When stuff hits the fan, your happiness will fade because your happiness was what was in your hand. It was in what you could create. But joy is something that God can create in you that you will stand in difficult situations and you will have joy no matter the circumstance. How many of you know joy is something only God can bring into your life? I love this one. Peace says God's going to give you peace. This is tranquility amid a raging war that everything in your life could be breaking loose. All hell could be breaking loose in your life and you will have inner rest. Anybody in this room ever experienced that? Everything seems to be falling apart, but yet because God is in your life and is working through your life, you experience this peace that surpasses all understanding. You experience this inner rest on the inside of you. That's only something God can give you. And if I'm honest, there are so many of you in this room that I believe are searching for peace, but you're looking everywhere but the one that can bring it to you. It says the Holy Spirit can bring peace produce peace in your life. It says he's going to give you patience. Patience is so funny because we think very differently about patience. When we think about patience, we think, I just need to quit yelling at my kids. Somebody say amen, right? Like, I just need to quit yelling at my kids, so I need some patience. But I want you to notice what the actual definition is here. It's the ability to follow another's plan with humility. This is what the Bible saying is that you're going to gain the ability to trust the timing and process of which God is going to put you through as you trust him to write a better story over your life than you could write. This is patience. It's saying, God, I don't care what you do. You do your thing. Saying, God, I trust your timing. I trust your plan. I trust your way. I'm giving everything I have to you. It says he's going to give you kindness, which is just integrity in life. He's going to give you the ability to treat everyone with kindness. He's going to give you goodness, which is uprightness of heart and life. He's going to give you the ability to have a pure, honest obedience in your everyday life. It says he's going to give you faithfulness. How many of you know you can't be faithful to God on your own? You need something stronger than that. You need something bigger, stronger, more powerful working in your life. It's the conviction of the truth over anything else. This is what he's saying about faithfulness is that you'll be able to believe the truth that God is speaking in your life so much so that it impacts everything about you. Even when the world tells you it's a lie, you'll be convicted that it is the truth. How many of you know we need that in 2023, right? Man, that we'll just be convinced that you'll have gentleness, which is just a gentle spirit, that you'll be more at ease and gentle, that you'll carry yourself with meekness. And the one that we all hate is self-control, right? But how many of you know we need some more self-control in our life? And this is what he's saying here. He's saying that you're going to have the virtue to actually master your own desire and appetite. 
that thing, that sin, that struggle that you keep running to, that God is going to produce in you the self-control and the power to say, no, I'm no longer bound, I am free. That you will be able to make decisions that a few months before, man, you would have just given into that sin, you would have just given into that struggle, but now the Spirit is going to empower you to have self-control to be a different person. And these fruits can only come from the Holy Spirit working and changing and rearranging things in your life. I would go as far to say that you can't experience the true form of anything on this list outside of the Holy Spirit working in your life. That if you think you've experienced peace, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you've never had a moment where you gave your life to Jesus, I would argue that you haven't experienced peace. You've experienced the ability to be okay with what's going on. But I'm telling you, because I've experienced it in my own life, that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that when everything else is breaking loose, he holds it all together in front of you. That's a peace that only God can give you. There's so many of us in this room that we think we've experienced love, but it's a broken kind of love. It's a human kind of love. It's a love that's based on what you can do for me or what I can do for you. But I'm telling you, friends, there is nothing like the love of Jesus. There is nothing like, I'm convinced that it is better than life. And if you've never experienced a love that is better than life, maybe you need to encounter the one that can bring life to you today. That he can produce these godly fruits in your life that look like Jesus, and he can also create the desire in you to change. Now, this is a really deep theological thing that's honestly debated in a lot of circles, but it says this in Philippians 2.13 is that, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Listen to me. Your sinful nature will never have the desire to change on its own. Your sinful nature, your brokenness will never have the desire to change on its own. You'll never wake up one day and just go, hey, on my own, never, went, never was a part of anything. I feel like I need to change. Because our sinful nature just eats at us. It, it destroys our lives. And I just need you to understand that the Holy Spirit is something that can work in your life. We need something bigger, better, stronger, more powerful to come into our lives so that we can experience the desire to change. And God has actually built in this thing through the Holy Spirit that happens in our lives that we hate called conviction. We hate conviction, right? Can we say amen in the room? We hate conviction. Because conviction makes us feel guilty, which we are. Isn't that a tough truth to hear at church today? Like, you are so encouraged right now. But we are. And I know that's tough to hear, but, man, conviction is something that we've got to reroute. We've got to rethink in our heads. Conviction isn't a sign God is angry. It's a sign God cares enough about you to give you an opportunity to change. So conviction is not God saying, I want you to feel like a terrible person. I want you to always think about what you're doing wrong. No, it's that he desires for us to look more like Jesus 
And so he gives us this thing in our lives when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives called conviction, which is just simply the desire to change our life, the desire to be different, the desire to be a better parent, the desire to be a better friend, the desire to love people better, the desire to serve people better, the desire to actually give up the things that we should have given up a long time ago. The desire to walk away from those sins that so easily entangle us and to actually let those things go, that desire comes from the Holy Spirit and what it can actually do in your life. And I just want to make sure you understand something. If you are in this room and you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, but you have no desire to change to be more like Jesus, and you have no desire to give up those sins, to give up those things, I would argue that maybe you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. Maybe you checked a box on a connection card. Maybe you checked a box on a next steps card. Maybe we had an emotional moment in a service where the lights came down and the pastor said the right thing and we were singing the beautiful song and the ambience was going and the light hit you in the face, right? That all these things were happening simultaneously, but you made a decision because you wanted to get out of hell free card, but you didn't make a decision to let God change you. And this is what the Holy Spirit can do in your life if you allow him to, is he will create a desire day after day after day for you to change, for you to actually be different. And then the last thing he's gonna do so not only is he going to produce godly fruit that looks like Jesus, not only is he going to give you and create a desire in you to change and actually be a different person, but then he's going to give you the power to make a difference. He's going to give you the power to make a difference. And I love what the Bible says. It says that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me, lives on the inside of you. Do you believe that? That the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, that got him out of the grave when it was impossible to everybody else, the same power that rose him from the dead lives on the inside of you. You see, the Holy Spirit can add power to our natural abilities to create supernatural results. I know something today to be 100% true is me or Dan or Zach or Tiffany or whoever standing on this platform in our own strength, there is only so much we can do for you. There's only so much I can do for you or help you with. I, I can give you some things to think about. I can give you some questions to ponder. I can maybe give you some wisdom, probably not. Don't amen that. I, I can... I can give you some things to think about. I can challenge you, but I can't change you. But here's something I know, is I can only do so much in my own strength, but I know that when the Holy Spirit, which is working in my life, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, that's working on the inside of me, that's working on the inside of you and everybody that you see on this platform, as it's working through us, this room changes. Because it goes from being a room where it's based on our own strength and the possibilities become endless of what God could do in a place like this. 
And I know we are in this series called The Doubters Club. I know that we are in this series where we're talking about doubt and what can the Holy Spirit actually do. But can I just be honest with you this morning? I truly believe that the evidence of what the Holy Spirit can do is everywhere. It's everywhere. A couple weeks ago, my son and I were home, just us, and it was getting kind of late. And my son, Aiden, he's uh, almost three, he came up to me and he brought me one of these Little Debbie pumpkin brownies. You know, Little Debbie always comes out with like all the theme stuff and man, they're so good. Like they are so good. They're godly. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, they're so good. And I knew something, if I could just be honest with you as a parent, I knew that he was holding the last one. You feel me? <laughs> like, like I knew that was the last one and I had plans for that brownie, right? Like I was planning on eating that brownie and he brought it to me and he's just begging. He knows sign language. He was just like, please, please, just trying so hard. And I was like, I really want that brownie. And as so I make up this thing that like, we never keep this role. I'll just be honest with you. We're terrible parents in this way. I was like, son, you know, you gotta wait for dinner, right? Like we, how many of y'all keep that role? Nobody keeps that role. And, but I was like, son, you gotta wait. So I took it from him and he freaks out. He's losing it and he's so mad. About 25 minutes goes by and the house gets silent. And now how many of you know, when you live with a toddler, when the house is silent, it turns into a haunted house in that mug, right? Like you just, you don't know what's about to happen. You don't know what's going on. And I cannot make this up. I'm in the kitchen and I turn around and I look down the hallway to our bedroom and I see the wrapper empty laying on the floor. And I see little crumbs and I can't make this up. I see a little chocolate handprint on the wall. I was like, this mug just ate my brownie. I was like, oh my gosh. So I start calling his name, Aiden. Nothing. Aiden. Aiden, where you at, bro? Like I start getting mad, right? This kid, I've, I've been praying about that brownie. It's like, man, I, and I, I go all the way to our bedroom closet and I go in there, can't make this up. He is chowing down behind my clothes on this brownie, just going, I mean, enjoying this thing. And the whole way from the kitchen to that closet, there is chocolate handprints, there's crumbs, there's all this stuff. And I get to him and I see him and he's got brown and orange just all over him, all over his clothes. And I kneel down and I'm like, son, did you eat that brownie that I told you you had to wait for? No. <laughs> right? Like he's so aggressive. I'm like, bro, did you eat the brownie that I told you not to eat? No. He's just yelling at me. And I start talking to my three-year-old son like he's an adult. You ever do that? Makes no sense as a parent, but we do it. I said, son, you can tell me it didn't happen, but the evidence that it happened is everywhere. It's all over your shirt. It's all over your face. I see the fingerprints everywhere. How many of you know that you can say what you want to say, but the proof, the fingerprints of what God can do is everywhere. 
And I'm just gonna be honest with you this morning, if I can. I personally have been in church services. I have been in hospital rooms. I have been in places where miraculous things happened. I have been in a doctor's office with my little sister who had leukemia the day before. We had a prayer service one night. I cannot make this up. And the next day we go to the doctor and the doctor said, I think we misdiagnosed her even though she had it for two years. You wanna know the only thing that was misdiagnosed in that doctor's office was what God could do. I've seen it. I've been in church services where somebody that came in in a wheelchair walked out of the room. I've, I've, I've seen all the miracles. I have seen it with my own eyes, but can I be more honest than I think I've ever been with you? I think all of that is amazing and it is all possible, but you wanna know even more than that, what God wants to do in your life this morning is maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit wants to heal your broken marriage this morning. Because the same power that did the miraculous miracle that everybody sees can do something as simple as that today. That he can heal your marriage. That he can take a broken, busted sinner number one like me and do something in my life that actually makes a difference. I'm telling you, friend, there is no way anything good could come from me. But maybe the prayer today for us, as we pray and actually ask, what can the Holy Spirit do in my life? Maybe it's this simple. Maybe you pray a prayer this morning that says, God, heal my marriage by healing me. Start with me. Like I'm not worried about my spouse. I'm not worried about the other side of what I'm praying for. I'm gonna say, God, if you wanna heal my marriage, heal me. Maybe the prayer is this practical this morning. I pray this prayer all the time. God, give me a more gentle spirit with my kids. Maybe that's the prayer for you this morning. God, just, God, just give me a, a more gentle spirit with my kids. Maybe the prayer this morning is this simple. God, show me what I don't know about you. And I believe that as you experience God in this room, as the Holy Spirit comes into your life, that it may not be this mind-blowing miracle where all these crazy things happen, but I am telling you one thing I'm sure of is that He will produce fruit if you continue to allow him to work in your life. And you'll sit back a year from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, and your life will look more like Jesus, which is the goal of what God wants to do in your life. If you wanna think about what the Holy Spirit is gonna do in your life, it's this simple. The Holy Spirit is an inner GPS guiding you back home. He's just an inner GPS. He's an inner directional thing that is working in your life. He is God and he is guiding you back to where you were always supposed to be, which is with Jesus. And I believe the Holy Spirit can do that in your life this morning, but you gotta open up your hands if you'd be so bold this morning. 
to just say, God, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. God, I ask that you would do what only you can do in my life. Let's pray that this morning.